Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, good afternoon. We're continuing on our discussion on marriage and divorce, what the Bible says about it. Brothers, I wanted to read you a few scenarios from this book by Jim Neuheiser called Marriage, Divorce, and Remarriage, Critical Questions and Answers, because what he illustrates with these scenarios is how difficult this question of marriage and divorce actually is. This is not quite as simple as maybe first glance tells us. So here's a couple scenarios. The wife works as a nurse, making a good income. The husband refuses to work. See 1 Timothy 5.8. He takes the money that she earns, buys illegal drugs to party with his friends. By his own choice, he lives in the garage and has very little contact with his wife. He does not want to leave or divorce her, however, because he is living in the house she pays for and spending the money she earns. That's scenario number one. Next one. After 10 years of marriage that were blessed with the births of two children, the husband declares that he is a woman trapped inside a man's body, and he intends to have a sex change operation. He announces that he wants to remain in the marriage with his wife and his children. His wife, weeping, says that she doesn't want to be in a lesbian relationship. Third scenario. The husband, without his wife's knowledge, has been involved in illegal financial activities, including investment scams and tax fraud. He is sent to prison for the next 25 years. The family is bankrupt and on the verge of homelessness. And one more situation. Uh, The wife sits at home watching television and drinking liquor all day while her husband is at work. He tried restricting her access to credit cards and cash, but then she actually pawned the silver to get more booze. Now, Part of the purpose of going over those scenarios is that this pastor, Jim Neuheiser, actually, those are like real stories. Those aren't made up. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, as a pastor, as a Christian friend, how do you, you know, I'm not specifically asking for answers of these, <laughs> but it goes to show you that these aren't, these aren't simple answers. In my view, maybe they're simpler for you guys. Right, right. No, no you're <laughs> absolutely right. The, none, the, the scenarios that you... Uh, in, in the scenarios that you just read to us, the first word that comes to a, that comes to mind is abandonment. In every one of those, yeah. um, that, that there's an abandonment of the marriage relationship, uh, and in in some a, a, a weird desire to stay in it for self benefit, but an abandonment of the commitments involved. Yeah, you don't need to be. You don't need to physically abandon your spouse. No, no you don't need to move out, out of the in order house to, to abandon. Yep, exactly. Right. Okay, so we left yesterday talking about um, the question, can a divorced person get remarried? Because I think this is a complicated issue, and there might be disagreement in this room. In fact, in this book by Jim Neuheiser, he quotes several different pastors, Piper and MacArthur, who think that, well, sorry, actually MacArthur and Piper disagree on this issue. Piper thinks there's no valid reason to get remarried ever because there's no valid reason to get divorced, which I would disagree with. So 
Can a divorced person get remarried? You, you kind of touched on this yesterday, Phil. What do you think, Russ? I think divorce is, is not pretty. It's not according to God's good purpose and design, but it's going to happen because of the fallenness and sinfulness of man, um, that man does forsake his covenant vows, um, enters into inappropriate and um, sinful relationships with people that are not their spouse, um, which becomes a ground for divorce. You've got abandonment, you've got abuse. So I think divorce is allowed according to the, the principles of God's word. Um, naturally, we as, a, as, as families, as a church family, should work as hard as we can to try to minimize and to prevent. But you don't want to tell somebody, no, you just need to stick it out. I mean, you don't tell a, a woman that's being abused. You need to just l- learn to figure out what makes him happy and, and be more submissive. No, you, you don't encourage sinful behavior um, and cause somebody greater pain and, and difficulty um, as a result of sin. So can, so, I, can I maybe flatten out the ground a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So I think where we all agree totally is if there is a valid divorce, biblical, a biblical divorce, then that person is free to remarry. I would say yes to that. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so yes then the that. question is, is if there is an invalid divorce, can that person biblically remarry? And I would, I would say in all cases where there's a divorce, remarriage should happen after much time and significant healing has occurred. Mm-hmm. So you've taken the most intimate of things and it's been, it's been broken and shattered. The, the worst case scenario is people that come out of that brokenness and immediately enter into another relationship. That's unhealthy, that's unwise, um, I don't believe that it, it's even biblical in the fact that I don't think significant time has occurred to allow for um, as much reconciliation as possible with, with their former spouse. So I don't think you want to enter into a new relationship with baggage. So I think if there is remarriage, it should be a slow process and entered into um, with a, a tentative um tentativeness and a, a, a extreme seeking of wisdom and counsel from people on the outside. And I think the greatest danger is they've come out of such an ugly relationship and they find at least some of their identity in attaching themselves to somebody else. And I believe that they should be seeking it even more so than normal, their identity in Christ and their relationship to Jesus Christ. And they, 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 portray that onto somebody else. But second, I would say that there are those that come out of sinful relationships and they've been the cause of a divorce. They're the person that has cheated on their spouse. I would have trouble sanctioning that remarriage. Right. Especially if they're a child of God and they knowingly and willingly broke a covenant relationship in their marriage that I would find it difficult to support um, from Scripture to say, yeah, you're free to, to marry whoever you want, and you're free to, to be remarried. I think one of the consequences of their, their sin with regard to the marriage vow is they're giving up the, their right to, to be married. In our previous show, I quoted something from a doctrinal statement on marriage that my denomination, the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, holds. 
and I quoted the paragraph that says the remarriage of divorced persons may be sanctioned by the church in keeping with the redemptive gospel of Christ. And I agree with that. And I obviously that's the, the stand of my denomination. But then it goes on. Divorced persons should give prayerful thought to discover if God's vocation for them is to remain unmarried, since one failure in this realm raises serious questions as to the rightness and wisdom of undertaking, of undertaking another union. And I, I think there's wisdom in that. Uh, you know, we're all sinful and broken people. We're going to fail in different areas of life. And uh, if you've been through a divorce, God may be calling you. Pray it through and seek counsel from wise Christian friends and, and your pastor. God may be calling you to a vocation of singleness. A, a, a single person is a whole person. And, and God may have a, a purpose for you and a work for you uh, that you can only undertake. Don't, in other words, don't run into another marriage. Uh, I think there's real wisdom in what Russ said a moment ago. Take time. And God can do a whole lot in your life through the vocation of singleness. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to address a question that I, might be what Josh was even saying. What happens when you have two unbelievers that were in a marriage and their divorce is maybe even for all the wrong reasons, or maybe it is because somebody has um, been unfaithful to the other person in the spouse? What, what happens if one of them becomes a believer? Now, are they in a different scenario where now they can marry somebody else because all of this happened pre-Christian. I do think that that adds another layer, but I often think through this and say, well, does Romans 2 suggest that they knew that infidelity was wrong? And I would say emphatically, yes. I don't think I met anybody in culture that would say, adultery is a great thing. Everybody should do it. It's, It's wonderful. Everybody knows it's wrong. I mean, a lot of people justify it, but deep down, everybody knows it's wrong. So I'm not even convinced, and I know that there are, are good, solid Christian people that agree, and it could be even those that are around the table with me, that I'm not convinced that whether that uh, uh, unlawful divorce, pre-Christian, post-Christian, even is the criteria. Because I think at the end of the day, all know it's wrong. All knew it's, know it goes outside of what God has commanded in his, in his word. I don't want to be ungracious but I, I do think that there are some consequences to our sin, and this is a, a pretty serious sin because you're you're violating a covenantal relationship and intimacy, and so I think the consequences sometimes are pretty pretty significant. And I hope that doesn't sound unkind. I don't mean it unkind. I, I just mean that there is uh, our levels of sin that carry greater um, levels of consequence, and I I think this is one of those categories. And that doesn't mean that. So like the next question is is what should be done if someone has divorced or remarried improperly? If someone has sinned and they're penitent on it, no matter what the sin is, they are obviously forgiven. Yeah. Uh the the Bible is and so obviously not ostracized within the community of believers. They shouldn't be. That's correct. They shouldn't wear the scarlet letter. They shouldn't be treated as a junior saint. They shouldn't be in the nosebleed section of your church. Right. Um they should be fully forgiven where Jesus has declared there is therefore now no condemnation. The saints should say amen and um follow in suit. So if, if someone finds themselves, then, okay, I think I've divorced improperly or I think I've remarried improperly, um, 
I think we've already touched on the first part. If someone is divorced improperly, they should seek reconciliation where they can seek reconciliation. What happens if someone finds themselves in a remarriage that they think is improper? They stay in it. And by God's grace, they they then hopefully fulfill their calling in, in this relationship. How it begins does not have to define how it goes and how it ends. Yeah, we don't don't compound sin by destroying another marriage or or by or by breaking another marriage. And and I would also say, you know, and we're wrestling here with all kinds of criteria, what is a legitimate divorce and all what's a legitimate remarriage and all of these are really really important questions, but let's also bear in mind, brothers, if we look at the criteria set by Jesus, there's not one single human being morally qualified to get married. Uh, it is a gift of grace given to sinners. And the gift of marriage, as we've talked about, was given before the fall, but that gift is still given to us by God after the fall. You know, Jesus said, if you've looked at a woman with lust, you've already committed adulterer. Brothers, I was an adulterer when I got married by the criteria of Jesus. And so it, 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 marriage is a gift of his grace given to all of us. So we, we approach all of this with humility because I can't, I can't stand up with pride and say about my marriage that, okay, I've only been married once, therefore I have moral superiority. No, but regardless of the criteria of how a marriage was entered into, stay in it. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. If you've missed any of these broadcasts, you can go to the 94.1 homepage and click on our link, or you can just subscribe to our podcast, The Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 